When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Joining me, as always, it is Chad Cruz. Hello. And I guess I didn't introduce myself. I'm Chris the Brain, of course. Everybody knows that if you're listening. We're on to episode 92. At this yeah. point, I think they know us, Chad. Um, yeah, I mean, they, if they knew us, if they knew us well enough, they wouldn't be listening, though. That, well, that but, is true. So there's also that. I, I would agree with that. And you know, that kind of brings me to one of the things I wanted to talk about is Matt from Geekscape reached out and he asked if if we had a commercial that yeah. you know we could run on some of the other uh, podcasts on the Geekscape network. And there's about 952,000 shows on the Geekscape network. And so there's something everybody would love. Mm -hmm. So I was just thinking if we were to have a Bulletproof podcast commercial chat, what are some of the selling points you think we should make about this show? Um, let's see. Ooh, boy, this is a tough one. <laughs> Selling how to sell this show. Uh, well, uh, I mean, from my side, most of my part is done, uh, half inebriated. Yeah. Um, so if, if you enjoy hearing rambling opinions from, um, unreasonable and really, you know, like, somebody who doesn't really mean anything yeah these aren't really selling points though are they no I, this this uh, isn't helping uh crap uh, this project sorry i you know i knew i could count on you uh, to let me down so thank you for that but yeah we'll, we'll have to work on this uh bulletproof podcast commercial idea um and uh yeah i think i think we need a a lot of yelling. That's what they do in commercials. They yell a lot. Yeah. Like, like picture like Vince McMahon doing like, it's the Royal Rumble. We need like He's a gravelly voice and yeah. some, just some shouting. That way when they're listening to their, to their podcast or whatever, their music and it pops on, they have yeah. to like turn it down. It's so loud. Yeah. that That's, that's exactly what you want. Yes. It, for the commercial to turn them off so they never even check out the show. Oh, they're going to hate us. That, that'd be perfect. And yeah. in their hatred, they will seek us out in their hatred. Maybe. Yeah, that could no. like a little. Yeah, like the show really can't be as bad as this commercial. Could it? And then they'll, they'll listen and uh, and they'll make their decision from there. Yeah, hopefully it's a good episode. Hopefully it is. I think this is going to be a good episode. I think this is going to be a great episode because we let... The Action Fanatics that follow us on social media 
decide our fate on this one. It is episode 92, and you had the bright idea to pick a movie from 1992. Yes. And we gave them four options. It was Passenger 57, Rapid Fire, Under Siege, Universal Soldier. No matter who won this or which movie won this, we were we were going to be good. I mean, yeah. These are four great options. They really uh, are. But uh, there was one that on both I put this on Twitter and on our Facebook. Of course, Twitter. If you're not following us and you are still on Twitter and you may or may not have a blue check mark, it doesn't matter. You could still follow us. Uh, we're at Bulletproof Pod and we are at Bulletproof Action on Facebook. But Twitter, 44% of those who voted chose Rapid Fire. And we had uh, well over 100 over there. And then uh, on Facebook, not not that many, but of those who voted, 52% voted for, again, Rapid Fire. So hmm. altogether, nearly 200 people voted for this, which I think is the, the most feedback we got. So this is going to just be a huge episode. Huge episode. And you know what? People are obviously invested in, in Rapid Fire. They love Rapid Fire. I think it's kind of... In recent years, it feels like it's one of those movies to if people know it and love it, you're like, okay, they have like some action credibility, right? Um, but it it really feels like one of those movies like people, oh man, they 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 love it a lot. Like they freak out about it. Like if you don't like it, they get angry about it almost. Yeah. Um, so perhaps if you don't love it as much as they do. Let's put it that right. way. Right. Right. But then you also have those some people who have to be the person who loves it the most and if you try to challenge them on that they they don't like that either right you know i was i mean i i loved this movie in 1992 or 93 when i probably first saw it i could uh, tell you the day i saw it it was august 21st 1992 i was there opening day see I think there you the, go the first showing so there take that everybody and you know uh, what that that that's kind of you know we're not gatekeeping or anything but we no. got, we're a couple of action ogs here and, and we've been doing it for a long time and we've been enjoying action movies for a long time and we know a little bit about the genre and and i think that uh if we don't like something we're gonna tell you straight off the bat surf and ninjas surf ninjas was phenomenal rob schneider's a Academy Award. It is the worst movie we covered on this show, as far as I'm concerned. But it probably is. You're probably right. I don't know. There's some Andy Sedaris stuff in there that's probably worse. Did we cover that, or was that just us sitting here while uh, RTG talked? That was an interesting episode. Yeah. Um, I've never, you know, I've never had an episode where I knew so little about the content. Right. Yeah. Well, we had the expert, and and he yeah. he ran took took the ball and ran with it, and I. Hey. I think I just was kind of in that Tony Schiavone mode of you're exactly right. <laughs> to some people though, yeah, maybe it was a good episode. That's fine. And that's why we try to bring variety uh, yeah. here on the show. And in, in some cases allow the people listening and the people following us on social media to pick. That's exactly what we did. So let's get into it, Chad. Yes. Let's, let's get go. into this rapid fire. As I mentioned, August 21st, 1992, that's when it hit theaters. I think I was at the early, like the noon showing or whatever. As soon as I could get into the theater, I saw this one, uh, obviously, because I was excited for Brandon Lee. I was like many people and probably like, anyone loved Bruce Lee. So you, you were pulling for his kid yeah. uh, to have an amazing career and and hope to, to do what his dad couldn't do. Unfortunately, we know how that ended. So this whole movie is always a bittersweet kind of 
movie to yeah. watch right just because it's so freaking good and it just it's like he was just scratching the surface yeah and uh and uh, you know sadly he had one more movie in him after this uh, before the accident so uh but let's let's focus on the good and let's focus mm-hmm. on the positive and that's this movie because the opening credits come in and like many a classic hong kong movie we get to see the star showing off his martial arts ability yeah, we do. It's got this weird, uh, like kind of martial arts exhibition kind of thing going on where he's doing it and it's all like hypnotic looking and shit. I yeah, don't, some how sort would of, you describe this? Uh, I don't, almost like it's motion, uh, some kind of weird motion capture where it's yeah. like, it's like repeating itself. And yeah, it definitely has a, an effect. It's very stylized, yeah. but still, you get to see just some of the stuff that Brandon Lee could do as a martial artist yeah. and, and yeah. his overall athleticism. And I'll say this, uh, I, I rewatched this movie. I've seen it many, many times. I rewatched it last night with uh, a number of friends. Um, and the moment this movie opened, they were already shitting all over it. Oh, geez. Who so are these people? To- you call these people friends? I know, you know, really I, I'm, I have, no qualms about saying this, and I say it to their face. I've said it many times to their face. They have terrible taste in cinema, and uh, they. We, I watched Stone Cold with them, and they thought it was awful. Uh, I've seen a number of movies with them, and, and you know what? For a long period of time, I I stopped choosing movies because I knew that you know they if, were going to they were yeah. going to shit on it, and you were going to get agitated right. by it. Get agitated if you you know if you want to watch a movie for them, it's like you know watch. I don't know, Deadpool or some shit like some uh, like brainless, you know, yeah. pop culture crap. Like we have, you don't have to know anything to enjoy it. Like, you know, Fast and Furious part 42 or something. Yeah. Um, just um, absolute CGI garbage on screen, but you know what? Everybody has a, has a vice and I, I guess these guys hate or they enjoy shitty movies. Well, there you go. Uh, you know what I enjoyed is that the opening scene, we already see the great Al Leong. Someone did comment, I want that guy's mustache. Well, they, at least they have good taste yeah. in mustaches, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Al Leong plays Min. We also see uh, Bruner, played by Tony Longo, who's very familiar. You've probably seen him in things. And they're accompanying their boss, Tony Serrano, played by Nick Mancuso, on a trip to Thailand to see Tony's old friend and heroin supplier Tao, a.k.a. Yeah. Tommy, played by Titsi Ma. And, uh... Is, it, it, is, is that how you pronounce it? I guess. That's how I'm pronouncing it. How would you okay. want, like to pronounce it? I feel like the T would be like... Jizima? Like Zima, yeah. Like a that Zima. Sound, that sounds like a bad drink. It was uh, a bad drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. So uh, Tommy invites tony to watch some stick fighting and he's kind of curious like what are you doing here you're in you're a chicago mobster what yeah. the hell did you travel 26 hours on plane and then have to take this boat to my my operation here and uh you know it obviously was not he was not there for the uh, stick fighting chat no he wasn't and and the the main purpose that we find out he was there for was to uh get a little bit more of the action from uh from Tao because you know he made Tao or this is what he believes I made you you were nothing before I came before you found me and I've been distributing your you know your smack all over the country and and now you've got all this money and I'm 
essentially he's broke. So he's yeah. trying to take a larger cut of Tao's money. Yeah, he wants a bigger piece of the pie. Uh, but Tao just kind of like shows him up and he, he stands up, grabs a, a stick of his own and joins in the fight that's going on and ends up kicking both the guy's asses. Uh, yeah. It basically sends that message like, listen, maybe I was the, the, the punk that you helped out, but uh, that's not what I am anymore. I'm the freaking man around here. It's an interesting idea to to go to someone else's country and try to shake them down. Yeah. Well, you know, if Tower in Chicago, it would make sense. Serrano's backed up by all his goons, but he's on his turf and it's just him and his big goof buddy. Yeah. And I think it kind of shows you what a, a desperate situation that yeah. uh, T- Tony Serrano is in because he's he's in a spot he's never been in before. So he's maybe willing to take risks that he would not have taken in the, the glory days of his uh, illegal operation. And we'll see more of that shortly. Um, we go back to the USA, Southern California mm-hmm. to be exact. We see Paul Yang, who's very familiar, uh, Dustin Yugen. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly either. He's leading a free China protest. I've seen Dustin in many a thing. Uh, most recently, the uh, Warrior series. Good hair, he by plays the way. A, he does. And he plays a very badass individual in Warrior. And I, that, that's coming back, I believe, at the end of June. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's leading a free China protest on a college campus because that's what college kids do. I don't know if they still do it, but they definitely did do it. They're all about the protests. There's a lot of protests on college campus these days. Yeah. They'll protest anything. Yeah, that is true. It's probably worse now, but it's probably, or probably more prevalent, but maybe for less important causes, maybe, because it's, they're too splintered off. It doesn't matter. He's doing this free China protest and in comes our hero, Chad, and I have to imagine you love this introduction uh, I do. because he comes rolling in on his motorcycle. Oh yeah. Not only is he on his motorcycle, but he's wearing a sweet leather jacket. And that was, that was my first comment to the peanut gallery as I was watching this was, there we go. Leather jacket. Number one, boys soak it in. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a cool scene. You know, a guy, if he rides it on a motorcycle, he's already cool. And then he's got the jacket on and he's got the, like the, eh, not the, it's not a don't care attitude, but he, he's not like trying to join in with the crew. He's not, he's a, he's a loner, man. And, uh, and yeah, everybody, you know, Paul Yang and all these guys want, want Jake Lowe to, uh, be a part of the cause, the free China movement that has done so well in the last 31 years, apparently. Uh, (laughs) but it's, uh, (laughs) backfire, but, uh, he, uh, Jake wants nothing to do with it. And then we get the flashback, uh, Tiananmen square, and Jake Lowe being there with his father and his watching his father get run over by the tank. And yeah. So yeah, it's not just that he's a, a, a Mr. Relaxation, Mr. I don't care, Mr. Laid back California. He has a very good reason why he, you know, his father devoted his life to this and it, he gave his life to this cause and he doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, Paul then even tries to get him to come to a fundraiser again. Jake's like, dude, no, I, I don't want anything to do with it. He's got to go to class and he goes to art class. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. and here we get uh, a little bit of uh, nudity. We're doing a little nude model uh, work. He isn't. He's actually drawing 
this nude model, this lovely young lady. Um, and she is uh, kind of curious as to what he's got going on, especially after his teacher kind of, you know, he wasn't following the assignment to the letter. He was kind right. of doing his own thing, kind of. But again, he's he's a free spirit, right? And you could, you know, <laughs> I I can imagine what I would have drawn in this situation because I'm not a very good artist. Uh, you may have noticed that from my Photoshop abilities over the years. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he's in maybe the class we should and, have done. See, if we would have had yeah. more time, you and right. I should have both tried our hand at a drawing. Yeah the the lovely model and then we could have posted that on our social media that would have been good that would have been very good um i can do that for you it's all right Uh, i'm really good at drawing tits (laughs) but beyond that you know yeah i struggle i struggle with every other body part okay proportions i'm like the what's the what's the comic book guy who had the captain america rob something Remember the Captain America picture where he's got like the gigantic pectoral muscles in his bodies? Or yeah, maybe. Were you the one who drew that uh, Dudikoff uh, platoon leader? Yes, giant biceps. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's how you sell movies, man. But yeah, he he, he draws the girl and he's got a big dragon in the back. The teacher's like, hey, come on, man, what are you doing? And then the girl gets interested. Now she's very interested and she invites him out for a date. Would you like to care to meet me tonight? And of course, you know, Jake... uh, He's a yeah. man. He yeah. has needs. Yeah. And, and he's horny. He, and, and yeah, and he, yeah, he's just seen her in the all together and liked what he saw. Yeah. She's like, maybe you'll like me. Maybe you'll think I'm sexy with my clothes on. Nope. He's like, I wouldn't bet her on it or something. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. bet on it. Right. So, uh, so we, you know, Jake's got his evening plan and good for him. Uh, meanwhile, Tao has now made his way to LA and he's talking to a business associate, Chang, who at first I wrote was a data's dad from the Goonies, which he is. Uh, but that's not who he plays in this film. And he gives him a fifth century Mongolian knife, which seems like something you have in your home. I wish I wish. Uh, and just, you know, basically he's like, Hey, you know, Serrano came to see me. Be careful. This guy is pretty desperate. So who knows what he could do? Yeah. But Chang blows him. He's like, oh, Serrano's basically old news. You know, he's, he's nothing. Weak. He's broke. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about him. You shouldn't worry about him. So now we go. Uh, Jake goes to the address that uh, the lovely young lady gave to him. And boy, oh boy, that Paul Yang. He, he must have done something because it was all a trick. It's a, tr- he's at this fundraiser. Yep. He's at the fundraiser. And interestingly enough, there's Chang who we just saw and he's, it's his building and he's, he's allowing them to use it. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he meets Jake briefly, um, and then goes up to his office and we find some uninvited guests to this fundraiser, Chad Cruz. We do. Uh, Mr. Serrano is in Chang's office and, uh, He's, you know, throwing out some racist remarks and he's talking about taking over Chang's business. And, you know, at this point, I think Chang is still kind of like, he's shocked that he's there, of course. But uh, he, he realizes he's in a tough spot as he watches Serrano slowly load this uh, shotgun. And then, uh, yeah, Chang, once he realizes he's about to get killed, he attempts to throw the knife, the, the Mongolian knife at him. Very poorly. Very poor knife. Hey, you know, it's... Probably balance, bad balance, you know. But uh, yeah, Serrano blasts him. And uh, just as he flies through the window or something, Jake turns over, 
sees Serrano standing there with the shotgun and then yeah. that's the rest it, of our movie. <laughs> his, yeah, his life is now changed from yes. that moment on. So obviously, you know, somebody gets shot with a shotgun in the middle of a fundraiser. It's going to cause some some pandemonium, some panic. There's women screaming. There's bullets flying because now Serrano's like, that kid saw me. Get him. Uh, but uh, what he doesn't realize or nobody realizes at that point, we're about to find out, is uh, Jake can handle himself. Yeah. And, you know, Chang was Chang was a, a gangster, too, a drug dealer. So he's got a, a crew. Right. That's pulling out little submachine guns. So there's a massive gun battle at this fundraiser and uh, pandemonium at the fundraiser, as you might say. Indeed, um, I did. And uh, the bullets are flying. The women are screaming, uh, not in a sexual way, but in a in a fearful panic. way. Panic, yeah. In panic. But uh, yeah, so Serrano's dudes are, are, are chasing Jake down and Jake's just beating the crap out of each and every one of them, which is great to see. And he's got a very different fighting style, I think. Um, anybody who watches anything in the late 80s or into the early 90s and they see guys like Van Damme and Seagal and, and, and Stallone and Arnold as action stars, like they all had their own flavor, but most of the martial artists kind of ha- all had the same thing going on. They were, they were heavy in the kicks and while you see Jake throw kicks, you see him throw elbows and he's kneeing guys in the face. And um, while he's not a, uh, you know, some black ops Navy SEAL guy or something, he still knows how to use a, a weapon. Yeah. And that's, yeah, he gets in, he gets in all that. And he even uses his motorcycle as a weapon. He goes outside, gets his motorcycle driving through the building uh, and ends up jump, basically driving through the other end. And that's where the cops are now showing up because they I'm sure somebody called the cops with all that's going on. Seems um, like they should. Yeah. And, and they arrest Jake because well, he just flew out the window or the wall of this building. And yeah, obviously he looks like he's seen some action. So they arrest him. Mm-hmm. He's at the precinct. Uh, the FBI show up, including agent Frank Stewart played by Raymond J. Barry, a familiar face, uh, for sure. And, uh, Good old art major Jake has drawn a picture of the man he saw shoot Chang. Perfect picture of Serrano. Uh, obviously the FBI, I mean, their, their eyes light up. It's like, Oh, this, this is exactly what, you know, you're the missing piece of the puzzle here. You, you could testify against Serrano. And I think the case was coming, almost coming to a close. So they, you know, there was a time crunch here. Yeah. Uh, Jake's again, like listen, I don't want to get involved, but they basically blackmail him into testifying right and you know real quick i want to read book something real quick here oh here we go very very simple thing not not a big thing but you know maybe this is like one of those vince mcmahon changes that (laughs) uh that the internet has a meltdown about now like like he's just doing the over like oh why don't you just tweak this vince ruined the show Go on. This, this is a very small tweak. Okay, so mm-hmm. we, we've already seen Jig draw, so we know he's 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 an art major. He's a he's a skilled artist. So when he draws the picture of Serrano, I would have liked there to be like some sort of demonic figure in the oh, background, like the with like the dragon. With yeah, the, uh, he drew the sexy woman, and he had this dragon. He draws Serrano, and there's like a fucking kabuki mask dude or something like something. Like, well, you know, it, it, he was seen. interrupted by by the uh, maybe he wasn't dumb. Maybe he would have added that in. It's possible, but yeah, I would have He was just kind of doodling there while he was waiting to, to get out or he, who talked to who he had to talk to. 
Well, so, yeah, Jake doesn't really have a choice. They send him off to Chicago. Um, he's going to be under FBI protection. Um, and speaking of Chicago, we now meet some of our other main characters because we're going to meet Mace Ryan, played by the one and only Powers Booth, who's always wonderful. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Powers Booth in something and, and didn't like it. Yeah. And we, we, we had a, a good time watching Powers Booth on, in the movie last night as we were watching it because, you know, he he's kind of his delivery style throughout the whole film. He's like super grizzled, right? Yeah. And I was just saying, oh, man, I can't wait till I'm like as salty and as grizzled as this dude. Like, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to be like, I spent 10 years on this case. Like he says that about 25 times. So. He lets you know that this has been his life for a decade. He's a horrible need, bowler though. He's terrible. I need to, I need to start smoking a couple packs a day to get that. I don't think you should do voice. that. I don't think no, you should it'd do be that. worth it in the end. It'll be worth you it. You know, maybe just, no, nah, don't do it. I don't think you should do it, Chad. Because Powers Booth is no longer with us. I'm a method actor here, Brain. Yeah. Okay. So we also meet Carla Withers, played by Kate Hodge. And then there's Ferris, played by Francois Chow, who is, these are the team, at least the main ones that we care about. He's got other people. But they're basically a special division of the police. They're working out of an old bowling alley. I don't know what that's about, but it was cool, I guess. It, yeah. was, it, it made it unique. It made it's it different. stand out. Um, and uh, Carla's like kind of the info person, and she's got word about the government having this star witness uh, being in Chicago with the FBI protection to testify against serrano and this obviously ties into what mace ryan has been spending his life doing right so they have a vested interest in things and now we're going to cut to this safe house uh stewart walks in jake and you know gives him his card if anything goes wrong let me know jake goes in with the fbi guys uh, is hungry finds nothing but pop tarts in the kitchen I think. that's odd yeah yeah it was odd um, that was your first sign there was something wrong it should have been. It I didn't see a toaster, did you? That's true. Well, you don't need a toaster for Pop-Tarts. But I, I know, understand. but do you yeah, trust you're right. people? No, I don't. I, uh, I will say, I don't think I've ever had a Pop-Tart and a toaster. It's very rare. Yeah. Who's I got have, time? That I have. I mean, yeah, that's the, the, the beauty of the Pop-Tart. Uh, you can just grab and go. Um, so it doesn't take long, though. Even if he didn't realize there was no toaster, it's like two seconds later, and... <laughs> Two of the three guys protecting him are dirty. They kill the non-dirty guy immediately. Uh, and then we get this just fantastic scene that so if so much felt like this was Jackie Chan inspired. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely uses the environment uh, in every room that he's in, every every kind of. If, if there's a door, whether it's a door, yes. a cabinet door. Any kind of door gets used here. He breaks the one guy's nose with the door. Right. And you know what? This would have been the perfect opportunity. You know, you, you incorporate that toaster in the scene. You have him put a couple Pop-Tarts in the toaster. And you know what? Later on, it comes back as a distraction. It pops up. The guys look over to the side. There's this distraction. He comes out of nowhere, fucking kicks him in the face or something. You're, you're on fire with your your booking, your tweaks here today. Uh, I'm a tweaking machine, dude. <laughs> I, I'm, yes. All right. So... And the other guy gets killed with the barbecue fork. Uh, yeah. After Jake kind of gets into the bathroom, locks himself in there, the guy comes through and he gets stabbed right in the stomach with the barbecue fork. Jake then has to kick his way out because there's there's uh, bars on the window. Yep. And uh, 
gets down to street level, and that is where he first meets Carla, mm-hmm. who pulls a gun on him. She's like, what the hell's going on? Um, then the cops are there. Uh, the broken nose FBI guy comes out, telling the cops, hey, th- that guy's a cop killer. He killed my partner. Uh, so Jake uses poor Carla as a shield and uh, gets away. And first chance he gets, he calls his buddy Parker. And uh, they kind of arrange something for later that night. Right. Um, so meanwhile, though, we got to cut to Serrano. This is kind of his home base. He's got this restaurant. And that's kind of his his headquarters. And, yeah, every, every, every gangster needs like a, a spot that he can hang out in. Right. And he's there holding court, preaching positivity to his boys. He, he enjoys watching uh, his stories every afternoon as well while Makes he's sense. eating his... Uh, his pasta. And uh, so immediately after speaking to Jake, we Frank calls Serrano's big brute Bruner. And uh, now we know that even freaking agent Stewart is dirty as well. Yeah. Um, and he lets him know, Hey, I'm going to meet this kid. Uh, we'll be right under a street light. He'll be a sitting duck. No way. This is perfect. Just kill him. Right. But what, but, he does, but what they don't know is Mace is listening. Some For some reason, Mace has, is it Frank? He's got Frank bugged? I would think he has the restaurant bugged. The, the restaurant bugged? Okay. Well, you'd think he would have already had a case by now, but because they're just <laughs> kind of talking all willy-nilly over the phone about crimes and stuff. <laughs> I would assume he would already have enough evidence, but I guess not. But uh, uh, So, yeah. yeah Mace, well, maybe it's never directly tied to it's never serrano on the phone and they want maybe the big fish maybe that's what it is they well, want he the waited, big fish he waited to the very end to get this big fish and you know what later that evening uh mace does show up in the meeting place and and jake is essentially walking into a massive trap uh that was arranged by frank but is being uh completed by serrano's men so mace shows up in his old car his car gets all shot up He's blasting away at dudes. Bruner get, takes one in the, in the wing, and uh, Jake dives in. He he doesn't know who the hell Mace is, but he knows that uh, Mace isn't shooting at him. Yeah, he's shooting at the guys that were shooting <laughs> so, at him. So, so he's smart enough to jump in his car. Yeah, if anything, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type situation. Right, and you know what? The next uh, the next scene, I believe, or whenever we see Jake and Mace go to Frank's place in a couple scenes. Uh, his car has no bullet holes and has all its windows. Well, there you go. They're there you good, go. Good body shops in Chicago. Apparently. Very good. Quick turnaround. Um, so yeah, first they got to go to the uh, bowling alley, and Carla pays Jake back with a with a punch, um, since they had already met previously. Uh, and here's where we can find out about the ten years, in case we haven't heard it. It's the ten years. And this is kind of like the double elimination announcement in Over the Top. Yes. Where the announcer says it about 92 times. You just, have to know. Just so you know that when uh, Lincoln loses that first one, <laughs> he's still got one more in him. Right. Uh, but yeah, but we, we hear about the 10 years. There's not enough double double elimination tournaments out there. <laughs> no, there you know is, especially in the arm wrestling community. And Bull Harley loses once. He does not lose twice, does he? Does he get beat before that? I, I get, 
I don't think so, unless because it was the finals. Like, who else was going to... I don't know. Maybe we'll have to cover that one. I think we should cover it. And yeah. <laughs> Something in my mind... Did, did he get disqualified or something? I, I don't know. He may don't have. Know. We'll have to watch it. And I've seen it nine million times. But same. Now same. that you, you're saying that, I'm yeah. questioning everything I ever knew about what, uh, Over the Top. One of my favorite soundtracks of any movie of all time. Yeah. But let's get back to rapid fire if we if we can. Let's. Uh, yeah. So we found out the ten years. Jake again, no yeah. interest, no interest. He doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't care, dog. <laughs> he does not want to do anything. I. Anytime he he did that, I could relate to Jake. I could not relate to Jake kicking people's asses and doing all the cool shit. But when he had no interest in doing anything, I was right there with him. Uh, <laughs> You know, and that's part of what makes Jake such a great hero is that he's so reluctant to do anything. Yeah. Uh, he's still just a college kid, right? He doesn't want he's to a do college anything. Kid. Plus, again, he saw what happened when his dad tried to do something. And he got ran over by a freaking tank. Right. That's a bad way to go. And he's he's like 10 feet away when it happens. Right. So that yeah, it's not like he just heard about it. Like, oh, right. that, that sucks. No, he saw it. He like, saw it with his dad, own eyes. Your dad died in Tiananmen Square. Oh, no. What happened? Uh, he got slowly run over by a tank. Ooh. That's, that had to hurt. Yeah. No. Yeah. So he's not, he's not doing that. But again, he's almost kind of blackmailed because this, he has no choice. The Chicago PD thinks he killed an FBI guy. Right. Which he did. Basically, he's a, he did. It, <laughs> but they think he just did it. Out of right. malice, he scared not, him. It, it was not a a, a self defense type situation as it yeah. as it truly was. Never trust the feds. Okay, that's they're, true. They're listening right now. I know that, but I don't they trust are. any of them. I they're great people. Hopefully um, they hopefully they listen to this a lot though. Yeah, get, get they're probably up. the reason we have anybody. They're get just, our numbers up. <laughs> they're just listening to you and see if you talk about bombs or something. <laughs> <laughs> so. Jake is indeed a cop killer, a dirty cop killer, but Chicago PD is not going to worry about that if they come across him. Plus, he's got Serrano's men looking for him, so he really has to stick with Mace. Mace is the only one who's proven to be like want, not wanting to kill him. Right. So, again, he's kind of stuck. Uh, and I think, obviously, we, we, he says it outright as, as time goes on, that, that Mace reminds him of his father. You know, he's this hero that is obsessed with his job and this righteous cause that he's that he's involved with. And uh, so he's kind of has a, a fatherly figure in Mace. He does. And, you know, that it's a father figure, but it also is kind of a turning him away from this situation because he doesn't want to lose someone because he sees what it's doing to him. Yeah. Well, they go and visit good old Frank Stewart. Um, and bastard. Mace tells him, like, hey, we got to keep keep it cool. And then if Frank opens the door, he gets kicked in the face. It's it's beautiful. Uh, and Jake just continues to, to beat the shit out of him. Frank's wife show, comes in because she hears the commotion. She's about to freak out, but kind of Frank diffuses it, says, hey, let's go to my study. It's okay, honey. <laughs> this thing happens all the time in my line of work, I guess. Uh, we're going to the study. Jake is still wanting to kick this guy's ass. And then Mace hits the line. Tells him to take his fist of fury outside. A nice homage. 
huge. And you know what? The group of guys I was I was watching it with didn't someone, understand the reference. No, they didn't. Someone commented "Fists of Fury," and I was like, "Yeah, that's a Bruce Lee film." And they're like, "Oh, okay." So that just tells you what I was dealing with, man. It was tough. I'm telling you, it was tough. I don't know how you do it, Chad. That's why I don't choose many movies there. I just, I had to watch this one. Yeah, so I knew. We, we had to get it in for, t- for tonight's recording. Yep. I, I appreciate your sacrifice Yeah. Uh, to make that happen because, yeah, I think I would never want to see these people again in my life if I had to deal yeah. with them. Not to mention it took about three and a half hours to finish the whole <laughs> film because you, I mean, you're so interrupted. You get interrupted so much. I am still uh, pretty hot at my team at work that most of them didn't know what the Goonies was. And uh, that, that's, they must be very young. They're young. They're, yeah. they're, they're much younger than my old ass. So, but it's still, to me, it's like, to me, it's such a timeless movie. It's like, well, hot. Yeah. I mean, unless you were born yesterday, it's been on its plate. I don't know. I, I know it's a different world uh, than what I grew up in. Right. Uh, so basically, Mace has a plan. He's he going to use Frank uh, to get what he wants. But Frank is going to use Jake to get a meeting with Serrano. What Mace is after is to find out where this big heroin shipment is coming. He wants Tao. And he knows Serrano is the key to get to Tao. So here we go. We're going to get Frank in there. And uh, this seems like a good plan, but it's obviously a bit of a dangerous plan for poor old Jake. It's a very dangerous plan. And you know what? It only gets more dangerous as we get further along. But, you know, Jake's sitting down there with uh, with, with a young Carla, uh, Withers. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's kind of going over some of the plans. She's got a little mock-up at the restaurant there in front of her showing them, hey, here's your here's where you're going to be. Here's an exit when shit hits the fan. Like, you know, when things start popping off, this is where you need to be. Da-da-da-da-da. Here's the plan. And you can kind of tell there's a little something, something going on between the two of them. Yeah, they they got off on the uh, wrong foot, but that's changing rapidly, rapidly. See? Oh yeah, there's some movement down there. There's some moisture, <laughs> I think, some and fire maybe. In the she loins. has a fire crotch. Okay. Uh, and I think this what? is yeah, you're right, Jake. I think this is where he mentions he may have done it before, but he mentioned something about his father, his the file on his father, and how he never got to see it. Blah, yeah, he was blah. his father was a army intelligence officer. Right. So um I guess it's not all that uncommon that you would not see a that file. The, the family would not get classified <laughs> but, documents, right. Okay, whatever, you know. I can understand why he's pissed off too, so. Yeah. All right, so here it is. This is the big operation now. They got Frank wired. Um his his signal to basically bring Mace and the team in is nice doing business with you. Um so Frank and Jake go into the restaurant. Uh, Mason and his team, they're in their position. Uh, Serrano gets in, it gets, gets into Jake's face. Um, more racially insensitive stuff, like he was saying earlier when he dealt with Chang. Um, and then he just starts threatening Jake and, and telling him he's going to break each of his fingers one at a time, each of his right. ribs one at a time. Yeah, being Mr. Badass, basically. Can, can we... Can we stop something from happening anymore when you're wired when you're putting a wire on somebody and you're going into an an atmosphere like this yeah let's stop using nice doing business with you as the signal is that what what other movie have you heard that in i feel like that's in every movie like when you say nice doing business with you 
that's when we come in. Right. Maybe you should be like, you know, it's awful bright in here, isn't it? You know, like you could make a comment about something else. Is it, right. do you feel a chill in the air? <laughs> you could say anything, but nice doing business with you is like the most overused I don't, I don't line. Think the, I don't think the, is there a chill in here would work because he was sweating like a pig. What if he says, it's hot in here. It is hot as shit in here. <laughs> what if he said that? I don't know. I'm just now going to be very cognizant of a movie if they say nice doing business with you. I'm going to see nothing, how many I can nothing, find. Nothing is popping <clears throat> for me in my in my memory, but that doesn't mean much. Um, so, yeah, we, we get Don't the, they say that in Half-Baked? Nice doing business with you. I don't think i ever saw half baked time before are you kidding me i apologize oh my god as bad as your other friends at least i watch action movies uh so serrano uh starts he gets in a couple shots on jake frank's like hey you know can can we talk because i gotta get going i gotta get be downtown you know i'm an important fbi man right um he gets his money but he's like you know what i I could uh, use a little bit more money because I could do something for you. I could keep the cops away from wherever your, your shipment is coming in. So that's what he, that's what makes one. He gets the address. He gets where it's going to be. Um, but then Serrano decides, I'm not going to flip this on him and be like, you know what, Frank, you're going to do this favor for me for free. And Frank foolishly just instantly agrees. Yeah. He doesn't put up any kind of fight. He just, and to <clears throat> Serrano's point, the only reason you would do that is because you just want to get out of here in one piece. Yeah. And uh, he does not get out in one piece. It was Moments a smart later. move. Yeah, yeah, it was a very smart move on, on Serrano's part because it shows clearly that Frank wanted no part of any discussion. He just wanted to get out the door. and Yeah. Yeah, he got he got blasted for it and we should point out too that uh <clears throat> serrano was smart because when he would like embrace frank mafia style really heavy embraces which kind of screwed up the wire that he was wearing so they the team couldn't hear anymore so right. frank is saying nice doing business with you 19 times which is another like what the hell is this guy's <laughs> problem right um so yeah Serrano's been down this path before. You can tell that. And that's why all my important meetings are done shirtless. This is why you're having trouble uh, finding a house, Chad. Uh, Go ahead and pop that shirt off and let's head outside and talk. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, now we get another battle. This is right on the freaking streets of Chicago. The, they're like, okay, there's trouble. There's probably cops outside. This guy's been boom, boom, boom. They've got big guns. We used to get a Gene LaBelle sighting. Oh, that was great. I, I, I popped for that, and no one else had any idea who he was. I'm like, hey, it's Judo Gene LaBelle. They're like, uh, who? Yeah. He, yeah, he wheels that big gun out. It's awesome. Gene yeah. LaBelle. That's, His that's hair a, is just phenomenal. It's one of the best things about movies from this time frame is like uh, Al yeah. Leong or Gene LaBelle. James Lou, we'll get James Lou. Any later, one right? of them, any one of them, could pop in at any time to just do do what they got to do. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, I I wish there were more actors today that were like their equivalent, like where they just pop up into things. Yeah. Um, yeah. but meanwhile, while while there's this gun battle going on between the cops and the mobsters, Jake is inside and he's trying to get out. He's again kicking people's asses. He gets we get a big one on one with a Bruner. 
that ends in spectacular fashion. And next thing you know, though, Serrano is in there all the last man standing with Jake. Yeah. And he's trying now he's basically in the Frank spot trying to cut a deal with this kid. He is. And he's like, I'll give you I'll give you the money I was giving Frank twenty five thousand. I'm like, that's not that much money. <laughs> no, no. It's like a used car now. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I don't even know that in 92 that would have been enough. Obviously, it was not enough to turn Jake. No. Uh, and he just starts beating the shit out of Serrano, paying him back. Oh, it's great. Did, and then just drags. And, and how much does that kind of have to chap Mace's ass? Because in 10 minutes, Jake does what uh, Mace has not been able to do in 10 years, basically. 10 years. <laughs> and you know what, though? it. For Mace, though, right? Yeah. It was his plan. His plan plan. worked out perfectly. I love it when a plan comes together, and it did. (laughs) Could you imagine Powers Booth in the A-Team? That would be good casting. If they would have done an A-Team movie earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely have seen Powers Booth as a Hannibal. No doubt. Mm, What could have been? Mm. What if, perhaps? Maybe you could have had a little Brandon Lee as a face. He's got a nice face. He's got a decent face. Oh, just decent? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good, I guess. He was a handsome young man. I'll tell you who liked it. Carla liked it. She liked it big time. Big time. So, yeah, Mace's plan came together. And at this point, though, Jake kind of realizes that he was uh, used, being used by Mace, put in danger, put in harm's way, slugs Mace. And Mace kind of has to just take it. It's kind of the Bret Hart Vince McMahon situation. Like, yeah, you can you can get one on me, kid. Um, That's a couple Vince references, right? That's at least three. It's great, and we haven't even talked about his mustache yet. Uh, <laughs> so, so after that, you know, Jake's all like, oh, he's all amped up again because obviously he was just in a situation where he nearly was killed multiple times. Uh, but Carla stops him, kind of cools him off and says, hey, guess what I have back at my place? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> His dad's file. The ultimate aphrodisiac. Almost dying. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. And now he's she's got something he wants, has been wanting for some time, and something he's just wanted for a brief time. Yes. All in the same place. That's got, that's convenience. There's nothing like uh, laying with a woman after a fresh kill. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Uh, Serrano, uh, meanwhile, is not having a good time. He's in jail, but catching up with some of the guards that yeah, he's been I'll here see. before. He's been here before. He's been through this routine. And yeah, he's I like taking... when he's like, after you. And the guy's like, no, 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 you got to go. <laughs> he's taken it in stride. Uh, you know, he, he's got good lawyers. He, he knows he's going to be out in time. He just got to do what he's got to do. Uh, we go back to Carla's place. Uh, and, you know, Jake has to wonder, like, why are you helping me? She gets kind of pissed that he's not appreciative, and then Jake kind of opens up a bit, and then yeah. you cue in the hard line, and it's sexy time, Chad Cruz. Oof. Jake opens up a little bit, and then she opens up a lot of it. <laughs> ah, indeed. And this was an interesting sex scene because it's interspersed it with all sorts of other things. We see yeah. Mace going to the uh, laundromat, which was the mm-hmm. address that he got where the ship... Uh, shipment was coming and they find nothing but laundry um which is not too shocking that it's a laundromat we see men sneaking into the jail uh 
takes out some guards and then kills Serrano with among one of the things he throws at him a shuriken, which it's great. Uh, a shuriken makes any movie better. Um, yeah. So yeah. So now we've got Mace. You know he he was at top of the world. They got Serrano. He's got the address. Oh shit. Nope. That was a no go. Serrano's yeah. now dead. So then Mace is pissed. He heads over to Carla's to commiserate with her. Just banging on Carla's door after she was just getting banged mm. a few hours earlier uh, by Jake. Wakes her and Jake up. Um, yeah. And a big wet spot on the bed, I bet. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, so Jake, when when Mace comes in, Jake stays out of sight. Uh, but he overhears it the whole conversation. You know, again, we get the 10 yeah. years wasted. Right. Uh, which I might be saying next year uh, when we hit our 10th anniversary. Um, <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. Uh, 10 years. 10 years, years wasted. You bastards. And you um, wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> it's, I would have wasted them anyway. Uh, you know, and he kind of even admits like having some remorse about what he did to Jake. You know, he right. liked, liked the kid. He's a good kid. Uh, basically and, and i almost got him killed 17 times you know i kind of feel a little bit bad about that you uh, know this scene there's a lot in this scene right okay like i said we got things interspersed we got some sexy time we got an assassination we've got uh uh potential drug bust that that kind of goes belly up but but we also have this heart to heart that uh that mace is having with carla but he's He's talking about Jake, you know what I mean? He's talking yeah. about himself and all his wasted years. And, and I think, I think that at, it's at this point that Jake realizes that Mace and his father aren't as similar as he thought. Okay. Here's where I'm going with this. This whole time he, he kind of felt like Mace was the, the father figure and, and he was to a certain extent. He had all these great intentions and he's just been chasing this, this this bus that he just can't get just like you know jake's father had been chasing something and, and in the end jake's father died and now jake has the opportunity to stop mace from to, to kind of divert that that line right that that linear uh motion that mace is mace is heading towards jake's dad's his mm-hmm. his finish there and uh so jake is calling an audible right the only thing he knows how to do is to to throw himself in there and punch and elbow people and change kind of change the game up. And I think this is the point, even though Jake's not in the conversation, like you said, he's he's kind of around the corner listening. It's probably all like kind of itchy, you know, still from the you know secretions. Secretions. <laughs> so he's he's listening to May's talk and he's just okay. Now now I know what I must do because while Mace is following that, that line, just like his father was, he has an opportunity now to stop that and to, yeah. uh, you know, make that right. 10 years not wasted. Couldn't save his father, but can save Mace. And, I was uh, going to talk about the girl's boob, side boob, but I, for, I forget what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all right. It's good side I, boob. I think you've said enough. Uh, so Mace is back. You know, he's basically packing it. He's at his bowling alley, packing up a box. Uh, and that's one what, box. One Ten box. Years, that's one box. Yeah, fuck everything else. Uh, Jake and Carla show up, and it's like, what? What are you? 
yeah, we're going to take down Tao. It's, this may not be an official police operation. We don't freaking care. We're taking Tao down. Um, so Jake goes undercover. Uh, another kind of nod to his father. Uh, you know, from a Chinese guy or Fist of Fury, whichever you would like to call yes. it. Um, where he's the telephone repairman. He's like the... He's selling newspapers or something. I don't remember. But he's definitely the telephone repairman. Anyway, Jake goes undercover, posing as basically one of the, the workers looking to work at this laundromat. Throws out some names like, hey, I'm the cousin of this guy or whatever. Um, he gets in there. Um, but beforehand, Mace does give him the kind of wants to try to have that heart to heart that he had with Carla with with Jake. But Jake stops him and says, you don't have to say anything. Yeah which is a, the, probably the greatest bit of relief in the entire movie for Mace. Right. Oh, yeah. That was going to be a difficult discussion to have. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, but once he gets inside and he's in there for a bit, Jake's figures out, you know, the, the drugs, how they're doing it in, in the laundry. It's all together. It's all tied in together. Very ingenious Tao. Uh, and he goes to, to contact Ryan and Carla at that at that mace, Ryan, I should say. And uh, Carla and... But they're already caught. They've been had. And Tao knows there's no backup. He, These two are just out here being rogues. He's got them in the office. A, a Gerald Okamura sighting. He's out waiting outside. Oh, yeah. I, I miss that. How about He's that? He's there. Um, another, another one of those faces that you just love to see pop up in these movies. I did um, make a comment to those guys. I said... What's great about all these dudes in this movie are uh, they're all Asian, but they're all like different nationalities. Right. So I was like in the, in 92, it didn't matter. You could be, oh, this Thai gang with Chinese, Japanese, Korean dudes just all in one crew because they didn't really care. Well, about yeah, them. it's like Iron Sheik was uh, Colonel Mustafa. Yes. The Iraqi, but he was really Iranian. Yeah, uh, things the rules were a little looser back then. Um, so yeah, town he's got Mace, he's got Carla, they're tied up. Mentions, you know, after all these years, he never killed a cop because he thought it was bad for business, but here he is gonna have to kill two in a night. Scary times, but that's when Jake crashes the party. Uh, and once again, all hell breaks loose. Uh, Mace gets shot during this. Tao takes off. Uh, Jake goes after him. But now, Chad, we get some more great martial arts action. Oh. First, with the nunchaku guy. Uh, what 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 does he say in uh, shit? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, oh, fellow chucker. Um, yes, we get... This is what you've been waiting for, I think, at this right. point. Because at this point, we've seen Jake beat up a bunch of random dudes and mobsters and guys at a party a couple times and guys in a restaurant. Uh, but now he's fighting against other legitimate martial artists. And yeah, he's he's taking out James Liu and I'm like popping all over the place, you know. And then, of course, we get his one-on-one with Min, played by Ali Ong. And I mean... It, <laughs> If you want to instantly make your hero more credible, you put him against villains who are just amazing. Amazing in every movie they're in. Yeah. That's what these guys have done for, for decades. So um, like you said, we don't really have guys like this so much anymore. There may be a guy out there, you know, uh, 
Daniel Bernhard, he's he's he does. Kinda... Uh, Brahim Chab is another one who's yeah. done a lot. Uh, I like seeing him pop up in things. Maybe Batista is trying to be that, you know, like he's a bad guy in all these vill- in his movies and the as the big bad. But I don't know. It's uh, it's just it's very refreshing to see, and it makes Brandon Lee look better, which is what your your whole point is, right? I mean, uh, it, it was obvious that they were building Brandon Lee. This was like his coming out party, his first solo big time Hollywood movie. Um, you could tell there would, they definitely had high hopes for him because again, this is now at a time where you mentioned him earlier, Van Damme and Seagal have been gaining traction and, and getting bigger and bigger movies. And, you know, there's, there's an appetite, there's an audience for martial artists as yeah. action heroes. We're shifting away from the, the big Arnold's and Stallone's we're moving into this direction. And, you know, Brandon Lee had stuff that Van, you know, number one, he spoke English. Well, it was his first right. language. He, right. he didn't have the accent that Van Damme where you always had to figure out a reason why the hell he had that accent. He's French Canadian. Yeah, He's French Canadian. He's yeah. Louisiana French. He's just yeah. over here. He was raised in Europe by his mom and, has a brother that looks nothing like him. Uh, yeah, all that, all that stuff. Um, and Seagal, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say Brandon Lee's a much better actor than Seagal yes. ever was, uh, and ever will be. Uh, so yeah, he just had a lot going for him. Oh. Like he was the perfect guy to, to be this martial artist right. that could translate well to American audiences. Um, uh, and yet you, you put him in there with the best guys you could put him in there with. You make this man a star and that this movie did it. And you know what he had, you know, of course he had so much charisma on screen, but he right. also, if you think about, you know, obviously he passed away. If he were still alive now, um, who are our biggest action draws now? It's guys, Keanu Reeves is Tom right. Cruise guys that are the same age as essentially as Brandon Lee. Like he would, yeah. you, know, you don't think that Brandon guys Lee, who, who, yeah. Who you don't think Brandon personal. Lee might, he might've been in the matrix. You know what I mean? Like that. I'm just saying like the, if Brandon Lee could have been John wick, he could have been fucking Neo dude. That'd have been perfect. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Who knows? It, it, it sucks to throw these out there because obviously it would never happen, but, uh, but it's at the same time, it, it's all out of respect, you know, respect right. for, for the actor and for the, for the action star that he was in a short amount of time that he did it. And, and uh, you can tell how much people love this movie by how the hundreds of thousands of votes that we got, uh, <laughs> how how in favor they were of, of us doing this. Or 160 something. But yeah. What I say, hundreds of thousands, that's what I, I stand by that number. All right. That's fine by me. Um, so yeah, we get the, the martial arts stuff. Meanwhile, Tao has loaded up a suitcase full of cash. He heads up to the roof, kind of slides down the back. He ends up on the train tracks and right behind him is Jake. Um, and it's final battle time, Chad Cruz. And you kind of see some of that pole fighting expertise that Tao has. But this time they got like steel poles and they're on freaking train tracks. This yes. can't be good for business. No. And you know what? I would have liked this fight to go an extra 45 seconds or so longer. I mean, all men want to last a little bit longer. But this this could have gone a little bit longer. Um, still good for what it was. Um in the end, of course, we already, you know, what's going to happen, right? Right. Uh, you know, they're fighting on train tracks. Someone's about to get hit by a train. 
And uh, yeah, the, the, the poles come into play, the, the, ra- the rails come into play, the electricity and whatnot. And I don't think he would have survived that shock that he got, but who cares? In case he did. He just train, got hit by a train. The train takes care of it. Yeah, the now, train is the exclamation point. Now, here's another thing, right, Brian? If you're a bad guy and you have an operation such as this and you've got a safe with all this cash, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and just keep a go, like a go bag. Go bag, with yeah. With a bunch of money, right? I just open the safe and I grab it. I don't have to waste yeah, if he didn't have to, if he didn't have to load it, he would have been gone. That's right. He should have had a go bag filled with like, you know, half a mil or something. He would have been gone and Jake would have been like, what happened to him? I don't know. And yeah, but good thing he didn't because uh, we wouldn't have got the happy ending we got. Um, so after Tao is eliminated off the face of the earth, Jake goes down, <laughs> finds Carla, uh, but she's all frantic because Mace never came out of the laundromat. Now we should point out that the laundromat's on fire. Yeah. Uh, and this is somewhere, it's once where we get to our Chad Cruz. Yes. Uh, fire safety. There's this burning laundromat and Jake runs in. This is not something a civilian should ever do. No. And you know, the, the most concerning thing to me about this burning laundromat is the, uh, the chemicals that they right. use in there. I'm sure that there's a lot of, a lot of shit in the air there. So burning in with a, a, a wet rag three inches away from your face probably isn't going to do much, but I appreciate that Jake is going in to, to find his buddy. And it's sad that Jake's the only one that has, he's the only one that does anything in this whole movie. Everybody just right. kind of stands around like, Oh yeah. yeah where, where were the actual firefighters? Were they there? Were they, I did were see, uh, I saw engine 151 show up at one point. Cause I, I, I made a comment about that. Uh, but yeah, they, they should have been there. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't pat myself in the back, you know, probably four or five minutes and we're there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, that's the second alarmer. No doubt about it. You're going to get a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of boots on the ground for that one. So you're going to have a lot of people making their way inside. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Good on Jake for going in. And of course he finds Mace and he throws him up on his shoulder and gives him the old fireman carry out. There you go. Yeah, he does not want to see a repeat of Tiananmen Square and seeing Mace uh, meet the same fate his father did. Um, So then Mace is loaded up in the ambulance. He has this weird line where he tells Jake that Carla was using Jake to get to him. Um, Jake asks if that's true. (laughs) Funny little lighthearted. And we get some more hard line as the end credits roll. No, 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 no. Just, just some classic music. I always, anytime I hear it, I have it on my like Spotify list. Yeah. Um, and I just, since, you know, that's one of the advantages of being an elder statesman is I can make up shit like, oh yeah, everybody in the summer of 92 was listening to Hardline. And that's a, that's a bunch of bullshit. But no, just, it's not true. I just say it. I just like to say, remember that summer everybody was listening to Hardline? <laughs> people are like, people are like, who? And I'm like, fuck you. Anyway. Yeah, too. That was probably like Nirvana, right? Uh, was that 91? Nirvana? It may have been a little, maybe 93. 92, to me, I always think of uh, Criss Cross, totally crossed out. Ooh, yeah. But uh, that's me. Uh, so, yeah, final thoughts on Rapid Fire, Chad Cruz. I uh, love it, obviously. Great movie. Um I don't know. It's up there with, you know, probably a, among my favorite early '90s action movies. I, I find the early '90s to be slightly different than the late '90s. 
um, oh, yeah. kind of extension of the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, in a way, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, 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 there's so many notable faces and, and, and kind of appearances by people that you recognize and it just makes everything better. Um, you don't have to tell me about Al Leong being a badass cause I've, I already know who he is right. and I've He's seen him fight hundred guys. Established badass. So yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's such a fun movie. I think Brandon Lee is full of charisma it, you know, it, uh, again, a tragedy and what happened to him and, it sucks. It's kind of like, you know, at one point it's almost like if you watch WWF in like 1991, you're like, holy shit, the ultimate warrior is going to be the biggest wrestler for the next oh, yeah. 15 to 20 years. Yeah. And then, you know, 18 months later, you're like, he doesn't even exist anymore. Right. So it, it reminds me of something like that in the wrestling world. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's such a great film and anybody who is, is kind of into this style of action movie, you know, the, it's a martial arts, but it's like it mixes every. I mean, it's definitely very Hong Kong influenced. It feels it uh, is. There's, I mean, there's you get the martial shootouts. arts, you get the shootout. It's yeah. old, the kind of almost ultra violent to a point, especially at that point in time. Nowadays, probably not, but you know, they there was some major gun battles, some good there. squibs. Yeah, who? Uh, I might have missed this. Who directed this one? Do you? I think it was Dwight H. Little. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I was going to look him up to see if he did anything else. It's kind of bizarre that we don't know more about this guy because, you know, we, we, we talk so much about, you know, Baxley and, and guys like that. Um, this fits right in with that style of film. And and it's hard to believe that this guy didn't. Maybe he did go on. I don't know anything about him, but it's hard yeah, to believe. Dwight he H. Little. Let's see. He did uh, Tekken. Murder at sixteen hundred, Broken Arrow. Oh, he was okay. a producer, of Broken Arrow. Okay, Broken That's Arrow. right. That was a John. That's John Blue, right? Yeah. So he did some other stuff. Okay, he's well, still doing some stuff. Um, yeah, yeah a fantastic movie. I love it. Um, I'm glad we get to do it. I don't think there was a wrong answer for any of the four films that we picked, but uh, this was a great one. Oh, he directed Mark for Death, which is something oh, we covered on beautiful. this very podcast. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Like you said, there was no wrong answer, but this is the answer I wanted. This is the one I personally voted for. Uh, rapid fire. Uh, I actually uh, voted for passenger 57. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, rapid fire, a uh, bittersweet movie, uh, obviously for the reasons we've mentioned. I mean, this was showed you so much, what the potential of what a, a Brandon Lee action career would have been. I mean, if this is how he was starting, where the hell was it going to go? Right. And um, yeah, so this was something one I'd like to. This is one I could watch, though. Like the crow is real tough for me to watch. I don't I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the crow, but like I could rewatch uh, rapid fire again tomorrow and and, and love every second of it. The crow is tough for reasons, of course, but it's also it's a it's a pretty deep movie you know right it, yeah it's not uh it's, it's not like this where it's like okay this is good i'm gonna have a good time with this yeah it's it's a heavier yeah. movie even if if what happened didn't happen it would still not be something you probably want to pop in right willy-nilly um so there it is rapid fire thank you everyone who voted uh and thank you everyone who voted specifically for this because i love the hell out of revisiting rapid fire uh that point in the show where I'm going to tell you to check out bulletproofaction.com 
We've been talking about this one the past few episodes, but Sisu comes out this week and I will be checking it out uh, Thursday night and should have my review up sometime Friday. I know uh, some of the things you were blasting earlier in the show will be covered on the site next month. Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, uh, volume three next week and later in the month of May, we've got Fast X. Mm. Yep. And I'm going to be covering a movie called Dangerous Men. Have you ever heard of this movie, Chad Cruz? Uh, who's in it? Let me. I, it's nobody. Oh, maybe uh, I haven't. It was. It was a. Uh, I was recently gifted a copy, and some of the quotes on this: uh, "The Holy Grail of Holy Fucking Shit," Ooh. "The Supreme Masterpiece of No Rules Action Film Insanity." Um. So that alone, and I think wow. it might, may have Mr. Vincenzo from the movie Young Rebels, which is another god-awful movie, but I love that movie so much, uh, basically for Mr. Vincenzo. So I'm going to check that out, and that's going to be in, in the month of May uh, okay. for me. One of my many posts, I'm sure, for May. Any any idea what you're working on, Chad Cruz? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a Michael Paré film here very soon. All uh, right. And then, uh, then I got shit all. I don't know what else I'm doing. That's what I like to hear. But yeah, yep. my, my brand new Michael Paré film uh, from Chad Cruz. I know you're a huge Paré fan. And if you are as well, folks, check out our Streets of Fire uh, episode in the archives. I tell you what, we've got so much Streets of Fire content on this page. Your ears will be just exploding with your brain matter. That's right. We've, you, you've covered it. You did the 10 things on bulletproofaction.com. We are big streets of fire fans. Yes. Uh, and next time Chad here on our show, it's going to be somebody we have yet to cover on the bulletproof podcast. Don, the dragon Wilson, and more Ooh. specifically the PM entertainment film ring of fire Two: blood and steel. And you know, it just can't be you and me for ring of fire Two. No. We got to have our number one Don the Dragon fan on with us. The Toy Man himself will be back. Good friend of Don the Dragon, by the way. Yeah, he actually met Don the Dragon. We, we yeah. can grill him on that. I was kind of upset because uh, for some time, like he'd been like liking things. I think he sent him messages on Facebook and Don the Dragon would like ignore it. And I would laugh mm. and laugh and laugh that because I see him interacting with other people, but for whatever reason, he would not interact with Chris. And I found that humorous. So then when he sent me the picture of him meeting the dragon, the first, my response immediately was photoshopped. Right. Um, but uh, no, he did actually meet him. And we will find out uh, about his meeting of Don the Dragon Wilson and much more as we talk Ring of Fire 2 Blood and Steel on episode 93 of the Bulletproof Podcast. We are getting closer and closer to the coveted episode 100. That's when we can go Ooh. into syndication, I think. I think that when you hit 100, they uh, they send you a gold watch Ooh. and then uh, and you, get killed. You. you get killed yeah. in the next act. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Sorry. There you go. All right, well, then, you know, you may not have much more of us, folks, uh, but we'll be back for episode 93, Ring of Fire 2. Chad, anything else you want to say before we go? No, sir. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.